The Batteries Included podcast is brought to you with United Chargers. United Chargers presents the Grizzly range of EV chargers. There's the original Grizzly Classic, a powerful, heavy-duty, portable EV charging station built to withstand the toughest conditions. The Grizzly Duo, a dual-port unit designed to charge two vehicles at the same time. The Grizzly Mini, a small, portable charging station built with an indoor-outdoor rated cast aluminium enclosure. And the Grizzly Smart, a revolutionary smart EV charger. All Grizzly chargers come with a convenient 24-foot cable and the ability to adjust the current from 16 amps all the way up to 40 amps. That's 9.6 kilowatts, plus the IP67 rated. Built in Canada with the highest quality materials, order yours now at unitedchargers.com. That's unitedchargers.com. Hello. Welcome to the Batteries Included podcast. It's January the 5th, 2024, and this is episode number 18 Thank you very much for joining us. On today's show, we'll be talking about real-world Tesla Cybertruck testing, all the vehicles benefiting from the federal tax credit in the U.S., and of course, much, much more. I'm Dominic Yoni. Joining us today is the sensational Mr. Tom Logney, senior editor at Inside EVs and host of the YouTube channel State of Charge. We also have the matchless Mr. Martin Lee from the EV News Daily podcast, <laughs> which is available on all the best podcast platforms. And he is joined by his friend, Nick. Uh, Nick, quick shout out. What's, uh, what's your channel? Uh, EV Nick. EV Nick in, yep. in the UK. And of course, we have Kyle Connor from the majestic, practically palatial halls of out of spec studios, where he produces high voltage videos for a number of YouTube channels. So, hey there, everybody. Good to see you all. Okay, it's a kind of a crazy day today. Um, so we had this whole huge show prepared, and it's out the window. We're going to do it, I don't know, midweek, or we'll do it next week. So it's all right. So a little quick update what's going on. So Martin is in his car, in a car, in a BMW i3S, actually. And he is going to pick up the car that he purchased, and he'll tell us about that in a moment. Um, Tom is at, at home in, in Joyzy, and... Kyle, Kyle, dude, you have like every week is epic for you, I think. But this is like the epic of epic is epic is this week because <laughs> it started out. I saw you like pulling this trailer down to Austin, Texas. And I'm th- I know there's cyber, cyber trucks involved with you somehow this week. Um, so I thought maybe somehow you would, were going to bring a cyber truck back to Colorado. But that's not what's happening at all. So you, you've basically been awake for the last four days filming Cybertruck stuff, and um, it's causing a huge stir on the internet. <laughs> and people, you know, I don't know even where to start exactly. Um, maybe tell us, some, just give us a setup of what the, where you found some trucks to, to look at, because you're the only one really the independent of, of Tesla and any like bigger organization that has like actual hands-on real-world testing. You, you are the world's foremost expert right now on the Tesla Cybertruck, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I, I don't know about that, but I have put, I've, I've driven the truck probably almost a thousand miles now, and I have done so much with it. Uh, and all of the videos that everyone's waiting for on this computer, this hard drive cannot fail <laughs> that uh, we are podcasting on right now. The thing is, right. Um, yeah, we, we were working on such a compressed time frame in such unusual circumstances for us because typically um, 
when we review a car, they come from an automaker. We either go to an event where we have a very sneak preview, perhaps, and then they show up at our office in Colorado and we have it for a week, two weeks, a month to run through leisurely all of the tests we need to do to make sure that we have everything dialed and, and filmed. And then with the Cybertruck, it's a bunch of owners in the Austin area, most of who actually work for Tesla and are uh, like, yeah, you can, you can, you know, borrow this, use this. And then it's like, okay, well, let's get, you know, we're only here for a couple of days. We got to go to CES this coming week. And it's like totally compressed time frames with, um, yeah, just full send. We have filmed a lot. Not everything I wanted to, to be totally honest. Uh, of course, I, I think we had like 20 videos we wanted to get to. Realistically, I think we got about 12 to 14 videos. Wow. Um, some on out-of-spec detailing, some on out-of-spec podcast, and most on out-of-spec reviews. That's where we did the, the range testing, the charging testing, efficiency runs, um, performance driving, city driving. We did a whole driving review that I wanted to put up an hour ago, but I'm only 30 minutes into the edit and I haven't even gotten to half the clips or more. So we're talking hours worth of content and like people, if they don't want to watch long content, uh, don't, don't watch it, but, uh, seemingly people like it. Our longer videos always perform really well there. We try to put everything possible in there to leave question out and make it as in depth as we can. And, um, it, yeah, this was, it's not like, it's probably been one of the most stressful weeks just trying to cram everything in. I, I've been sleeping, been trying to get one or two hour bursts of sleep throughout the days here and there. But then when I do, I'm like, oh crap, we're missing this video because I have to sleep. I wish I could just like not sleep. <laughs> so yeah, we're, oh, we're man. full send. Yeah. So I watched the full two hour walk around video you did. I'm waiting for the moment when you got behind the wheel to try it. And that moment never arrived. So it's coming in another video. And so you have, do you have a video already this morning or just coming out right after this? Oh, I don't even know if it'll come out right after this because we have our last of five cyber trucks for only another six hours, five okay. hours, something like that before it has to be returned. And so I want to finish up. So we actually like, I forgot to film a lot of endings for videos. So I have a lot of cleanup work to do with this sure. one. <laughs> and also uh, I want to do a door crush test. We're going to run to the grocery store and get some like, bananas and carrots and sausages and because some of the edges are like i i know a guy who owns a cyber truck here i met him the other day who had to go to the hospital get stitches because the car shredded in open so i, I want to do a video on this to be like just be slightly careful around this thing because it's i'm not saying it's a dangerous car i just think it's worth a video right. testing it i also have a model x which is notorious for crushing things uh to compare <laughs> against okay uh, Kyle, one so, thing that I'm, I'm interested in, and, and, and um, it, it, the internet's been going crazy about your range test, mm -hmm. and I've seen like different numbers getting thrown out and everything. You haven't announced the final number of your range test, right? People are just speculating that. Is that correct? Because it, it yeah, seems like you haven't really said how far the vehicle went yet. Yeah, the, the video hasn't been uploaded. I did do a live stream and intentionally left out the results because whenever I do the full video, I want it to have the explanation of this vehicle with the other vehicles we've tested with different environmental conditions such as elevation. And it's also not a range test we would ever consider to be comparable to the vehicles we run in Colorado because they're done at 5,000 feet of elevation difference where there's much less air density at Colorado. And we've, ne we've learned over the years that these things make a, a significant difference 
um, to the range results. And so we will get a Cybertruck in Colorado to run as our benchmark range test. This was just a quick idea and a capacity test. I wanted to run the truck from full to when it stopped moving to see how many kilowatt hours I could pull out of the battery pack because that's an important figure to have. And out of all the electric trucks, it has the smallest battery pack. I think we can all, I mean, we all knew that going into right, it. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, but, but can I just say up front, just a quick experience about Cybertruck, which is this is such a cool freaking rig. It's awesome. And it is so dangerous to drive it around because not because of what you're thinking it's dangerous to drive around because no one around you is paying attention to anything except you so while we're pretty much safe no one's crashing into us everyone's almost crashing into everyone else and we are in austin texas where this damn thing is built imagine bringing this to new york city or miami or you know places that are not used to seeing such a thing wow it must be crazy so uh, so many people have no idea what it is. So many people are just completely shocked by it. And only one or two people out of the hundreds now we've talked to has said they hated it in person. Oh, really? So the internet is not a representation of at least Austin, Texas's op opinion, I've learned. Sure. Can, yeah. I, can, I, can I ask, though, now that you've spent a thousand miles in the vehicle, for the... Oh, he's... <laughs> oh, robot voice, robot Martin. It's no more... Sorry, uh, can you hear me okay now, or am I breaking you, up still? Uh -huh. We can hear you right now. Uh -huh. Okay, cool. So, Kyle, you spent a thousand miles on it. For the rest of the world, it's a curiosity and nothing more because no one's experienced with it. So, what I really want to know from you is now that you've spent some time in it as a truck owner yourself, as someone experienced with truck culture, will it ever be more than just a curiosity, or has it got a genuine chance of being a mainstream truck that US buyers will use? for pleasure, for social, domestic, for work purposes, or is it just like a cool thing, like a DeLorean? At the moment, it's much more lifestyle than truck, yeah. mm -hmm. in, in my opinion. Right. And, and that's what I was interested in hearing Kyle's opinion on also, because I had the opportunity to get one soon. Oh. Um, I've, I, I had a couple people reach out to me and um, they, they're ready to configure and they wanted to know if I want to make some kind of deal with them. And there's a way I could make it work. So I'm deciding, should I do this or not? Um, and, and I don't know if it's better for me to just rent one for a week or two and make some videos and drive it and just keep my lightning. Or is this something that I would genuinely prefer to drive over my lightning, which as you guys all know, I love. Um, right. So I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to talk to Kyle privately um, uh, about this once everything. As a matter of fact, I'm going to CES now, Kyle. I wasn't planning on it, but I'm going. So I'll see you out there. Um, maybe we'll have dinner or something. So uh, I, I don't know. Should I pull? The, I don't have a lot of time to decide if I should put my order in and get it or not. So, um, yeah, we'll we, uh, we have uh, received those offers as well. And I, my, my opinion is we will buy. I want a tri-motor one because it's just cool. Um, so we'll wait for that. And I'm not going to take someone's order and like, wait for it to come in. We're going to wait till someone has a truck and sell it to us. And from what I've heard is perhaps the penalty of selling, you know, $50,000 fines or whatever it is may only apply to employees and not customer delivered units is the rumor that I've been hearing. Right. I don't know how you could enforce that. There's no way is enforcing that. Everyone. No is a Tesla employee, by the way, who owns these trucks that I can find. 
Right. And I did hear there was some of them are acting as the company's PR representative. Some of them are posting it on, on Turo. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm not sure where the lines are here. From my perspective, I don't care. You give me a truck, we're doing our stuff with it. You know, and we had a, a few employees reach out. I think I've mentioned it that said, you can use our truck, but like, don't say this about it or don't say that about it. Or like, you know, don't X, Y, Z. And like, if they want to say, don't show my VIN or like take the license plate off, I don't care. That doesn't bother me. Right. Like, you know, if you don't want your personal vehicle's identity shown, that's what we've been ultimately yeah. practicing with. But um, it's like, it would be nice if Tesla just had some test cars for us to use. It would feel less you know, sketchy, if you will, but I kind of like it. It's fun. We're just like, whoever gives us a truck and lets us drive it, you know, we, we have two, two things, no restrictions and we, we got to, you know, test it. And that's, that's what we've been doing this week. And we found a few great, awesome people to let us use their trucks. So I know you're not going to really reveal results yet. Cause you want to do that. I think on your videos, but um, what was your general, without revealing the data and stuff, what no, was your general thought I'm not about charging? No, like, I don't want to like, hold information. Let's just, let's talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we only, we only have you for like 30 or 15, 20 minutes right now. So yeah, let's get into it. What yeah. what did, have you learned about the Cybertruck that no one knew? Um, well, I think there was a lot of driving impressions that were either, um, that, that we, sh we found about the truck that, that I had not heard before. Okay. Um, and so those will all go into this next video and, and especially like, around town and on the highway around town is the best part about the cyber truck by the way driving it in an urban environment it is so nimble it is so agile it is so wonderful um on the highway it's a little noisier than you would expect than i would expect it's way noisier than lightning way noisier than than rivian and uh, not really? as smooth as rivian and so like lots of little things here and in the performance category it is unbelievable how stiff the chassis is. I mean, you really don't feel this thing flex at all. So that means the suspension can work, but then the ESP is like totally, you know, over controlling on everything. And the steer by wire is very awkward in the canyons. And we showed it on camera. You can see like our inputs. We have to like do some weird stuff to get the truck to move. So these are all tuning topics. I also tested the steer by wire going like 40 or 50 miles an hour and just raking the steering wheel over. And the, the motors are powerful enough to just make the front wheels go. And so you actually, you know, they, they spin so much faster than you could turn a traditional wheel that the truck doesn't even budge to the left or right. You just scrub tires. And so I have no question about the power of the, the steer by wire motors. That was my thing. I'm like, I'm, am I maxing these motors out mid corner? Uh, like what's going on? Right. But no, they are unbelievably powerful to turn the wheels. So that's okay. not an issue. So driving, was it, is it enjoyable to drive? Yeah, it's, okay. it drives great. It's okay. like a, a, the powertrain control is typical Tesla. It's amazing. And, um, you know, the one pedal driving, it's got a bottom hinged accelerator pedal, which I love. It's got a brake pedal that is not brake by wire. It seems just like all the other Teslas. So I, someone who had tested it said it was brake by wire. It's not. That's a physical connected brake pedal that gets squishy when you get the brakes hot, as okay. we have tested. And so, you know, it's just a typical, a typical Tesla setup. Drives right. amazing. And then, uh, so after we did all the driving stuff, I did a range test through the middle of the night. I found a toll road here and I charged the truck up on a DC charger from 7% to 100%. Battery was already warm, but I just wanted it as toasty as possible. We let it complete at 100% after top balancing and calibrating. 
and I drove it all the way to 0% and I pulled 124 kilowatt hours out of it, had a big red message on the screen that said, stop, pull over, um, you know, vehicle, all the warning faults came up, completely freaking out, blah, blah, blah. I'll see if I can actually find maybe even what that looks like to show you guys. Hey, while you're doing that, Martin, what, what's uh, you're set up in a showroom there real quick. Uh, what's behind you? Uh, well, this isn't an EV. Uh, that's, that's, that's <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but you're on your way to pick up a car though, right? Yeah, it's outside, but I can show you that when, when Kyle's on. I want to take up Kyle's yeah. time. No, let's see. Okay. Let's see it. You sure? Yeah, he's looking something up right now. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Oh, we'll spin you around. We can, we, we can talk a bit more about it in a, in a bit. What? Can I do? <clears throat> can I do back camera? No idea. Never use that. There we, there go. we go. Yeah, it's working. Ooh. So, you guys said you should buy a Tesla and yes. I get a long range one. So yes. I did get a long range one. Okay. But it's not a Tesla. It is not. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't listen oh, well, to us. You know, a lot went into the decision. To be honest with you, that's um, a good decision. Uh, a lot went into the decision. Yeah. Uh, to get this as our next however long we have to have this one for so uh, let me get you the, <clears throat> the basic specs on this it's the uh, dual motor launch edition of this so it's got the pilot pack and the plus pack um but it's not the performance now i looked at performance this should be running on 19s it looks about right got some work to do on the wheels here that's okay because i got a freaking bargain this was the cheapest polestar on sale in the UK at the point we got it. Um, Nick very kindly got it from auctions for me. Yep. Um, I, I gave Nick a brief and um, you did well, my friend. You well, did well. Well, well, to be fair, the brief was changed slightly by me because <laughs> you, you were, you were gonna, he was going to buy a Tesla and then I reminded Martin that he's a radio man so he likes knobs and buttons. I do. I like knobs and buttons. Knobs, knobs and buttons. All right. So, um, All right. so yeah, so we ended up with, uh, with this because it got knobs and buttons. But also, I can get into this. I can talk to you properly when Carl goes, but... The yeah. hatch was a big deal. Look, there's no problem with the Model 3 um, boot, um, but subjectively, I wanted I wanted a hatch. Um, this should... Did the launch edition have the wavy the wavy foot underneath? Under here? I think I can do the wavy foot on the launch edition. Um, okay. So, you know, ultimately, <clears throat> it came down to... Yeah, just some subjective stuff on... on what I wanted from, a, what I wanted from the car. Is the wavy foot on this edition... Oh, uh, maybe not. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> that's a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Uh, so I love how that's what you're excited about. So, yeah, we went through the options of getting a, a, a the performance one. Um, and I, I wanted the toys. Ultimately, I wanted the toys. But I'm also an old man that drives very slowly these days. And so I also wanted a bit more comfort. Now, there's two schools of thought that actually, if you get the toys with the Olean's dampers and all those kind of things, you are going to be able to tune it, and I would tune it. I would um, dial them all into their softest settings, and I would never touch them again. Uh, and I probably wouldn't do a track day with it, so that would be uh, that would be fine for me. Um, and the other thing that I wanted was uh, the toys and the tech inside. So I've got no experience of using this. I've got loads of experience with uh, with Teslas, but I've never owned a Tesla, which was always the sort of the downside of oh, I should probably have one for a, six months or a year. Then I've owned one, but I got no experience of uh, of Android, uh, not Android oh. automotive, but um, oh. but just running Android. So I thought, well, there's a reason for that. I know it's it's kind of silly, but I want that experience. Honestly, 4.7 seconds, not to 60, for this version, is fine. I'll get a bit more comfort out of running uh, the 19s. I think also I think this version came on 20s. You could spec as well, I think. And also, I, I'm probably going to get criticised for it. 
I just want to walk out my front door and look at a car and think, oh, that's cool. And I, yeah. would, have been buying, I would have been buying the Tesla because it was the right thing to do, because right. um, it would be utility. It would be something that got us through our, our, our life as having you know, two young children. And, and ultimately, again, it's very subjective and it's not meant to offend anybody, but I've just seen a million Model 3s in my life. And it would simply be a thing that we had like a food blender or a bread maker that does a job for us. Um, and, and this would be a thing that I walked out my front door each day and thought, oh, that looks cool. Um, so I, you know, I like that. So it's got some quirks about it. The range sucks. The efficiency sucks on it. Uh, the cup holders, if I, this has bothered me the most in the you as well, the cup holders are ridiculous in it. Like, hey, hey, Martin. This is, this is the stupidest thing in the world. There's one. I mean, okay, the second one's under here, but um, but it's not a perfect car by any means, but that's what we went for. I can tell you more at another time. Okay. Hey, hey, congrats. That looks good, Martin. I'm a Polestar like, owner as well, so congratulations. Thank you. That's true. Kyle has the the Polestar one. Uh, all right. So we'll, we'll look at and we'll look at more of this. We'll talk a little more about your Polestar in a second. Uh, we just got Kyle for a few more minutes, so and I want to hear more about where we left off at, which was which I forget. Where, where oh, that was. Kyle, you said you charged <laughs> from seven to one hundred percent. Do you remember what the ten to eighty was? How long it took? Yeah, I have everything logged. Don't you worry. Okay. Everything I've charged that thing about seven times. Deep charges, short charges. I know how this truck charges, and I will have a whole in-depth video, including how it interacts with third-party charging stations, um, which uh, some reporting was not totally accurate on from third-party. Again, it, this is the problem: is like I don't know if I should just go silent when I'm testing vehicles because I post little bits and pieces of information so that my nerd friends on Twitter, the like five of us who are like super, you know, totally dialed in with like charging stuff, get it, and then like larger news outlets that are a little bit dangerous with coverage start picking up little things and they're like, Oh, this is so bad. I'm like, no, you need the full picture. So I don't right. know. It's, it's ultimately not, I guess, my responsibility to control how people perceive what we post. Um, but I, I do think it's important to just maybe wait for our full video where I will definitely, as you guys know, talk for hours to make sure everyone understands the entire concept about what we're trying to convey. Right. Um, we so, uh, talked about we were talking about the range, and mm -hmm. I ran it out to zero, and I was going to show you the screen uh, where the screen went red and everything, but it'll just be in the video. It's it's no okay. different than any other Tesla, and sure. um, yeah, so it did just just about. Um, I don't want to give the exact number away, but it was okay. two, just over two hundred and fifty miles, and you know that is for okay. So the the F one fifty Lightning on twenty two inch wheels, top spec, the the worst range lightning with the big battery we tested did 280 something 270 i think uh 270 and then the rivian r1t did 285 in similar conditions on all terrains but then on the road tires it did 330 uh 340 in the max pack which uh -huh. is equivalent cost to uh the um the uh, Cybertruck. However, keep in mind that uh, it, because there's so many different wheel and tire configurations, truck to truck, and there's so many different environmental conditions, truck to truck, I really only like to truly compare the range difference when we run them on the same day. And we all know that you can't use the EPA cycles to compare range because there are multiple cycles and different adjustment factors in different ways that you can calculate range. And so therefore, this year, we're really making it a big focus at out of spec to have comparable range results. And that means the exact same loop 
and and really trying to um, get them in in similar conditions. And when we have a vehicle that we are going to compare the range of others, let's get those cars in and run them on the same day. We have enough people now. Let's run multiple vehicles at once to really show the range difference of them. And we're going to be you know driving them till they shut off. Um, because I think it's important to use up all the buffer if we're going to really talk comparisons. And uh, the Cybertruck was more of an idea of the range of the test. It was a fantastic 70 mile per hour highway range test. But keep in mind, the other vehicles we ran actually make them look even a little bit better because they were at, you know, five, 6,000 feet of elevation at times, 4,000 feet. You know, it just just depends on, on uh, you know, what, what part of that drive loop we were on up there. But the... Um, the, the Cybertruck seems, if I was to make it an anecdotal impression, it seems like it has about 20 to 30 miles less range than a Lightning extended range. Um, but keep in mind, the Cybertruck has way more aggressive tires than you can get on the Lightning. And it seems like it has maybe 30 to 50 miles, maybe even more in some cases, less range than a Rivian. Uh, and, and it does depend if you get a Rivian max pack or large pack. And, and we do know that there's a 22 and a half mile difference at 70 miles an hour between the two, because we did that test. Um, but these are the considerations to go for. So the, the thing for me with the Cybertruck was I was hoping I would have a truck. Finally, Tesla would realize, oh, all these other electric trucks out there are great around town. Tom owns a Lightning. I own a Rivian. We both, and, and Tom owns a Rivian too. I mean, like we love these vehicles. They are amazing work vehicles for around the town, for around the state, for daily driving, when I have to tow something to the office or if I have to tow something, you know, even even into the mountains. I'm I love my Rivian. It's amazing. And I was hoping that the Tesla Cybertruck would allow amazing thermal management. I'd actually have some real big usable range. Again, there was a huge rain quote when it was uh, initially announced and I was hoping it would charge better than anything on the market. And uh, at least today, with what we have to test and what's being sold to people right now is the shortest range, because keep in mind, it is only sold on those all-terrains. I don't know what the Cybertruck would do on all seasons. Trust me, when we get it to Colorado, I'm bringing, to, I'm doing everything. <laughs> we're going to put, you know, 120 PSI in those tires and let's see what happens. But um, it it is not definitely not the longest range of the bunch because Hummer EV has that big 240 kilowatt hour pack that can charge at 365 kilowatts, bam, straight through. It's awesome. And then um, it, it certainly is the, the lackluster charging that bothers me more than anything. Here we right. have a new product years after launch of it, of the competition where, you know, Ford really focused on this uh, Ford is great thermal management for charging on the lightning, but it's not a, a, any high peaks or anything. It's just a consistent flat charging curve. And Rivian took the approach to give it a big boost down low. And then it kind of overheats and stumbles and comes back. But, but ultimately if you're charging zero to 80, they, they pretty much end in the same time. Uh, and if, but if you charge zero to 50, the Rivian's a little bit faster, but with towing, you have to do deep charges. So that equalizes the Rivian and the lightning a little bit more, and maybe even lightning in the favor for the thermal management of the battery pack. And then you have the Cybertruck, which is just a really disappointing charging curve. There's no way around it. It holds 250 kilowatts from zero to 25%. And again, you can't do any more than 250 kilowatts because that's the highest power infrastructure it will interface with. It mm -hmm. does not charge on third party CCS chargers, uh, at least from the ones that I tried. And I, first of all, the CCS adapter doesn't even fit 
I imagine they'll have a thousand volt CCS adapter that does fit in the Cybertruck. So I think it's a safety thing. So let's wait and see. But also, <clears throat> um, like I ripped the whole side of the Cybertruck off to get it to interface. Let's just see what happens. It says CCS enabled in the screen of the Cybertruck and it didn't work, which is why I want to take it to a third party NAC station with the thousand volt NAX connection, which is a different connection than the 500 volt NAX connection. They are backwards compatible. So the end user, they just plug it in, but there's a slight uh, difference on the internal molding. Mm -hmm. And I think that might actually work because if that doesn't, and I'm going to try it out hopefully today, okay. um, there's a company called X-Charge in Kyle, Texas, um, and mm -hmm. they make those really cool battery buffered chargers. Right. They have an experimental thousand volt NAX connection. Imagine if the Cybertruck doesn't charge on NAX. Oh. That would be really funny. Oh. So but but hold on. I'm still just just a couple last points. Mm -hmm. Um so the the highest power charging I could do with it is on version three superchargers. And then everyone's gonna say, what about version four superchargers? But those don't actually exist. It's just the posts, right. it's just the pedestals with the immersion cooled cable. They look you know bigger, taller, but they're still hooked up to the same version three power electronics at the moment. So that doesn't affect anything. Um, so I was able to, to have Cybertruck hold 250 kilowatts to 25%. So that means that even if I was able to have a higher voltage, higher power third-party charger, it would only help me to maybe 20% because again, it's got to ramp down to 250 kilowatts. So, you know, it, it would help me up to 25% where I would get more. And then everything after that is representative. And that's the part of the pack that matters when towing. And it's really a bad charging curve. So then it's like, okay, if you're not going to use the truck as a as your main long distance tow vehicle, and then you're just going to cruise around town in it and use it for local chores, which is how I've reg reg relegated my Rivian to do work now because I hate towing with that thing because it keeps overheating. Um, and the public infrastructure sucks ass technical term. The, uh, you know, now the Cybertruck is is just not a step ahead in terms of a usable electric truck that I was hoping it would be. But it is really great if you just want to use it around town, haul some trailers around, steer by wire, stuff like that uh, is, is amazing. So there's so much to love about it. And and I really do want one. Um, but but it doesn't I've come to the conclusion that I just need a diesel truck for what I use, what I do. Can, can I ask you a question? What's, yeah. what's the driving style like compared to say the, the lightning F-150 on the road? Oh, you could not get two more different characters at all. Uh, <laughs> I've had the chance to drive F-150 lightning just recently again to remember, you know, remind myself before I reviewed this one. And I actually have the driving review. I did a direct comparison against the Rivian R1T uh, in the video. So that'll all go in there. But the Lightning is, it's like 1975 Cadillac Squishmobile. It's, you can watch the hood float going down the road. It's, it's big, it's soft, it's comfortable. It's a real American land yacht electric truck. And I love that character. It's got great driver assistance. Cybertruck doesn't even have um, freaking autopilot, by the way. Uh, so you got to steer the damn thing everywhere. Um, but that's just today. It'll come. I'm, I'm not saying right. it won't ever have autopilot. It's just, you know, early, it's, early product. It's got all the cameras, all the stuff for it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. you know, Hummer's actually even more similar to Lightning where it's big, heavy, and a little bit sloppy. And Hummer is just so cool because it's so stupid in many ways, but I love it. Um, but then the Rivian and the Cybertruck, now we're actually getting this, um, this daily comfort with this hardcore performance edge. 
And mm -hmm. that's going to be really fun to do Cyber Beast versus Rivian Quad Motor um, for the three people who drive quickly in their electric 7,000 pound pickup trucks, uh, which is me. I'm one of those right. three. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't gone off road, have you? No, we did not do any off-roading. Some of the, okay. the the owners were slightly nervous about that. So we have to no work problem. around, of course, like, sure. you know, we, we don't want restrictions in the tests that we're doing. But if someone's like, hey, don't shoot my truck, I'm like, okay, we're not going to shoot it. Uh, right. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, yeah, we're, we're right. working around it, uh, around what we don't, we don't want to piss anyone off. We just want to test the truck. So people have been watching your like your live stream and different things, and there's a bunch of mis misinformation out there. So like the range number that everyone's quoting, that's wrong. Not that the the range that they expect the truck to have, I think, is wrong. People are saying like 300. How much range should that truck that you tested have? Yeah, 318 mile EPA range. Okay, so it's 318 miles. That's that's where you start. At. That's like not 300. I think some so 330 was the number out there. I think 340. 340, yeah. Is it's that not what that. the dual motor will do on the all seasons, which Tesla can't sell you because they don't make them? Right. <laughs> right. I mean, the, the thing is, Tesla builds some of the coolest, craziest, most awesome cars on the planet. And then they have all these like slimy, you know, data stuff that they just, I just wish they would stop all that and just be like, honestly, here's what the truck is. <laughs> and like, still everyone would buy it. One, one of the cool things I think more recently about like sort of, Tesla 2.0, whatever you want to call it, is that you were invited around the factory when you, you, they did the, the reveal, the launch, and they showed you a bunch of stuff. And you put a question out there on, on, on X yesterday or whenever it was, and Andrew Baglino, who loads of people know, he's been on stage with Elon Musk, replied to you personally about that. So I like this new Tesla. I like this slightly more open, communicative, you know, because uh, you were asking a question about uh, getting power out of the vehicle so, to, to charge other things, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, just just uh, either this morning or last night, Drew was commenting on some of our coverage. I, I tagged him as a, you know, I don't know. I'm not one to be like, Elon, what do you think <laughs> about this? <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, all right, let me go to the actual engineers and uh, tagged uh, Drew, who I think he is just so cool. Uh, and I really appreciate his openness uh, with us. And so he was like, you know, because right now the, the Cybertruck has all these power ports on it, like Lightning does. And uh, I ran 9.1 kilowatts continuous output yesterday, uh, charging our Model X that we brought down. Um, but but what's weird is if you plug the Cybertruck into AC or DC, it's all the outlets shut off, uh. which is like when I want to charge my laptop because I'm working on a yeah. supercharger. Right. And so um, that will That's be weird. coming in a well, it, it all uses the same power conversion yeah. system. Uh, so that PCS, like Dominic, you have the PCS issue in your Model 3. Yes, it's I do. The next generation of that product mm -hmm. um, that, that handles the in and output, uh, a little bit like Lucid's Wonderbox, if you will. It mm -hmm. handles the the, plat, the pack splitting, the the all the power electronics of, of in and output power of the vehicle. And uh, while it's charging, it's doing something else. So it doesn't. it's not like it has all this power conversion capability. All the power switching happens in those boxes right there. Yeah, Basically, but, yeah. But Drew said that there will be some overhead, and we'll get, I think, almost four or five kilowatt output while charging in the future, and I think that's uh, that's reasonable. Yeah, yeah. That's all, you need. all right. Uh, we'll see. What else do we need to know before we let you go? Well, yeah. I mean, I I think you know, really, the the driving impression video is the next one to go up. That's okay. the one that I really want everyone to watch, and um, after that, we'll do the. The highway range test, which I live streamed, but don't want you know, just wait for the video. It'll be a couple of days, and that will be a shorter video, typical highway range test. 
I wanted to do a 10% challenge, but the weather was so bad. I literally couldn't drive in the fog and now it's pouring rain. So no testing in the rain because right. I don't want to make the right. truck have lower numbers than, than it should. Right. And like, um, you said you're not there to make the truck look bad. You're not there to make the truck look good. You're there to do testing and see what it, you know, what happens basically. Yeah. Ultimately my opinion shouldn't affect, you know, someone's buying decision. I can share my opinion on certain things, but I want to make sure everyone gets the facts about yeah. the truck and how it works. Uh, and right. while I might love something, other people might hate it or uh, vice versa. And that's cool. I don't, you know, it, every, that's why there's multiple vehicles people can choose. Um, the the biggest takeaways of the truck, though, are the the software is awesome. Uh, just like super snappy, really okay. high refresh rate, great screen, great app integration. You can control the bed lights from your app. And I was like, why would you want that? But then I'm like, oh, if you're camping in the bed of your truck, you want to have control over the lights. I'm like, that. Ah, these are nice things. And of course, Tesla's proven through previous models, consistent quality over the air software updates that in many cases improve the vehicle. In some cases don't, but this has a lot of room for improvement that I'm not at least saying it will be impossible. A lot of it is just software that will come. The, the thing that I always tell people though, is we can only review what's in front of us today. We can't right. guarantee what Tesla will do in the future because we can only suggest what we think they should do. The driving review, please watch that. It's a long one. I really want people to understand what we look for when we evaluate the driving performance of an electric vehicle. It's very in-depth, uh, just like we are walk-around, maybe even more in-depth, talking about chassis feel, ESP calibration, brake pedal calibration, throttle modulation. Um, you know, steer-by-wire was a huge focus in, in every category. And then um, after that, we are just going to do some answering everyone's questions. We have uh, one of our colleagues, Ryan's, going through all the video comments and seeing what are the most popular questions. We've shot half the video answering a lot of things that we left out of the existing coverage. And then uh, all the towing, hauling, and off-road we did not get to this trip. And okay. also the comparisons, other than the Rivian comparison of lining all the trucks up, we did not get to this trip. Uh, apparently, there's another truck in El Paso that we can use for some towing stuff. So I may hit that on the way out to CES. But a lot of this is just flying by the seat of our pants and just you know saying, oh, someone's got a truck, blast there, and use it until you know basically we can't. All right. I, one uh, thing I noticed that you posted pictures or Colton posted pictures of the, the uh, snow cover leaking. How bad was that? Did a, a decent amount of water get in the back or um, we're just gonna find out. We're, we're going to a car wash. I'm going to go lay in the bed through the car wash and see how wet I get. <laughs> of course you would. I mean, how else would you test the, 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 the snow leakage factor? I don't know. Yeah, because I saw you. I mean, in one video, you it seemed to work really well. At least like, you know, going in, out. Power, yeah, although I did see a cover. truck yesterday that was broken. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, but yeah, I would agree. It seems much more robust than the Rivian tonneau cover. Right. At least the initial the Rivian they really have a new tonneau, right? Yes, and I have that going on my truck. Uh, ooh, it was supposed to be yesterday. Sorry, Rivian. That's the second service appointment I missed. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Martin, Tom, you have any more separate truck questions? No, I mean we're gonna. Well, I'm sure we'll be hitting up Kyle in the next in the coming weeks on on all this stuff. So I know he's got to run. Uh, Boston yeah, Dan I got to go finish filming this truck. It's it's not as much content as I wanted to get for everyone, but it still has been nonstop work for four days. So it's as right. much as we could cram in. Yeah, you haven't slept. Like I, I, I could hear you. I talked to you last night after midnight here, and I could, I thought you were drunk, but you were just really tired. <laughs> you're just, yeah. you're just soaring, soaring your words and like. 
Is he drinking bourbon partying oh, in Austin? But no, no, you're like deep into the in, into it, sleeplessness. Yeah, I was trying to edit this video last night to get up, uh, you know, our, our driving impression video. But right after our call, I fell asleep. <laughs> and so I woke up to Final Cut Pro in my face. <laughs> uh -oh. oh, no. All good. Uh, it's all fun. Love it. So uh, I'll see you guys later. I got to go film this truck and uh, get everything done. So go right. enjoy the show. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, Thanks for bringing me on for the half hour. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it and have fun. And we can't like to, can't wait to see these videos, man. I've been watching them all, and uh, I'm, I, mean, I know, so but much. that stresses me out. Stop asking oh. when the next videos are coming. Okay. Because, okay. No, no, yeah. I want to show yeah. you. I yeah. want them just as much as you want them. Yeah, they'll, they'll come when they come. That's fine. Yeah, no, no pressure yeah. over here. At least. <laughs> but like this. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll Peace see you out. soon, and we'll talk about the yeah. What's okay? Right, bye. Okay, bye bye. All right. So we we're supposed to this episode, like I think I mentioned at the beginning, we we're going to talk about all the new vehicles coming in 2024, and there are a lot of them. And uh, but at the last minute, we had you know we said oh, we got all this Cybertruck real, real world testing that we need to talk about, and then Martin has gone to pick up his car, and so we're just trying to get everything coordinated. We're going to do I think all of the. We'll either do it next Friday, all, all the cars coming in 2024 and our impressions about them. And there's some great cars coming. There's a ton of them. And there's some, and my, my mind's been changed in a bunch of stuff, like going through the list and looking at the specs of everything. Uh, or we may do a midweek special. I don't know. We haven't talked to anybody about this yet, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Anyway, but today, Martin and we should Martin and Nick, you're standing there in the showroom. Are we keeping you from going back? What's What's going on there? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, we're here for the show, and um, uh, after we finish, we'll do some other stuff um, around the new car, and then I'm going to drive home about five hours, about five hours home uh, tonight. So, uh, yeah, that's looking forward to charging it for the first time, going to find a few different charges. I really want to arrive with a low state of charge, as you, as you always do, to, to see what it can do, but I think it'll be a series of little mini top-ups just to sort of plug it into various different things and have a look. I, right. I, I think if you take more than one charge, I'd be disappointed in you. I know. It's only, like, it's only about 250 miles home, which I think is around WLTP for that. Maybe it's a mm. bit, maybe it's late 20s. Real world, the Polestar, like the Volvo, is not strong. Uh, now, look, the new ones, you know, the new ones are out. That's, so, that's, I, so I bought the launch spec and the 70 plates. So it was registered in, in December three years ago, hence why it was cheap, by the way. Um, but Nick really did find me a very, very good value one that was going through the auction. It took a while to find a, a straight one that we liked the look of, didn't we? There was a couple. There was one we saw that had a battery fault on. We're like, mm, we're not going to take that. Yeah, on. There, was a, there, was a there was a battery fault one, which they couldn't really say. I didn't really want to take the risk under Polestar warranty in case someone's. You don't know if with auction cards, you don't know if someone's damaged the casing at the bottom, in which case Polestar would refuse the warranty. Um, or it could be there was an actual fault that Polestar would fix, but I didn't want to take the risk. Mm. So Martin made me get up on Boxing Day um, to, to buy this auction in the middle of Christmas. This is true. Uh, this the, is true. the one day my two-year-old son decided to have a lion. So Nick very kindly was up first thing, online bidding for me. And um, uh, and, uh, and yeah, and, and we finally got one that I, I was really, you know, really, really happy with. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was a spec. It was a spec that I wanted. Wouldn't have minded the toys of the performance pack. But ultimately, would never have used them. Um, I wanted to play with it because it's the, the chassis. I think the chassis is also tuned slightly differently um, than the long-range dual motor. But what was important was the, the plus pack and the pilot pack. And then, okay, I can live without the, the fancy dampers and 
um, and stuff like that. So yeah, going to get uh, super interested in, in how this charges because it has since been improved. So now this charges at 150 kilowatts and is okay up to about half state of charge. Uh, the new ones are much better and they'll charge at 200 or 205, I think. So back when this was out, uh, there was no single motor, which was then became front wheel drive, then rear wheel drive. Uh, there was no small battery. So this was the only one out. So 78 kilowatt hour, gross 75 usable. And it was just, just the perfect, you know, just the perfect spec um, for us. And also finances plays a, a big part of it as well. We bought the Kona a year ago, 18 months ago, when prices were pretty strong at 34,000 yeah. pounds. And, and genuinely, I did okay for selling it for 21. So, you know, there aren't <laughs> many things in life you can do. Like, you know, you can buy computers or consoles or tvs not too much loses you more than a thousand pounds a month and that was on a kona um, but yeah. 21 was genuinely like the reasonable it was pretty low mileage it was my dad you know you guys know the story that when i lost my dad um i thought i'd uh, i'd take on his car as, as a thing to do and um uh, uh and in the end uh, it actually wasn't the right thing to do because I, I didn't enjoy driving it funnily enough but that's a whole different story um <laughs> i love the kona um but i didn't love um, being in dad's car, which is a weird thing. Different topic. I'll move on. Um, so I thought I, I've got to change this. And so, uh, so, and also that played a fact into it, like losing 13 grand in a year on what was a used car at the time when I bought it. Uh, mm -hmm. And so all the Teslas that I wanted, so what I, so what I wanted was a Model 3 long range made between 2022 March, because they're made in China, the ones we get, uh, March because then they put the new battery pack in, so slightly bigger, four kilowatt hours more in that one, up to about September of that year when they removed the ultrasonics. And that was the spec I wanted. So I was working in a six-month window, and it, it's a bit of a, it's not a unicorn spec, but it's a bit of a, an interesting spec, Tesla Model 3, long range. I don't want to rely on cameras for parking, because uh, you're saying, like, a friend of yours says it. Like, a friend of mine said, <clears> it, um, well, so they, got, they got the first one, and when they first got it, Tesla hadn't actually finished AutoVision. Mm. Uh, and now they said it's awful because it's got no camera at the front. So if something's really low down and you, you're going in a tight spot, it just can't see anything. Um, mm. I, I, I mean, personally for me, I, I think Tesla should have perfected vision before they took the sensors off. I think it was a bit of a, a very silly mistake, in my personal opinion. It's going to be like 40 or $50 per car, probably, that they save. Yeah. That is... Yeah. So I didn't want that, um, and I wanted one. I thought, if I'm going to get a Model 3, I want this spec. I want the bigger battery and, and play with that, um, and, and not an older one. that I've driven a million times before, uh, and I just couldn't get one, find one for a sensible price. I thought, well, if I'm not doing that, let's buy something. So this car was £24,800, um, and that's not the price we bought it for, because Nick has kindly done some, some stuff to it and some bits and bobs to tidy it up and make it nice. Um, and that leaves me some money in the budget for maybe a heat pump this year because as i left the house this morning the gas boiler we have um, a gas central heating which is pretty common over here uh it was banging away uh i had to turn the damn thing off and turn it on again it's just because it's it's 20 years old it's clogged up a line lime scale so we've got to change the boiler this year and i don't want to put another gas boiler in no. we've got solar we've got storage i want to put a heat pump in so we'll call our friends at octopus and see if we can get one this summer put in so that leaves me the budget for that as well so it, you know it is it was a real world buying decision um, uh, you know, it's by no means the best electric vehicle, but I think it's the best one for us right now. The back seats do concern me a little bit with two young children. Right. Um, you know, my wife leant towards an e-tron, but again, 
at my budget for 25, that would have been a small battery e-tron, which yeah. no one should buy. I'm sorry if you own one, but that's that's a second or third car at best. Is it like a hundred? I didn't even know they had a small battery out of e-tron. I guess that's a Europe thing. How how small is it? Uh, oh. Is it 65? Something like that. Yeah, but... I, think, I think it's 65, maybe 70 at max. Oh, so that's like 170 miles of range, maybe? Not even that in the winter. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. It's a second car at best. Right. Uh, and so, uh, so my wife wanted the e-tron because of the... Uh, well, firstly, a couple of friends who do school drop-off have one, and she likes the look of it. And it would have suited us better. Um, but hey, for a while, we'll have the Polestar. We are delighted uh, delighted with that. Delighted with the price and um, and delighted with the car that, that we got in the end. 40,000 miles on it, by the way. So it's not a low mileage vehicle. But that doesn't that doesn't bother me at all. Um, right. I've also taken out a third party warranty with this because okay. it's a thing I've never done with a car. But mm -hmm. on a 40,000 mile EV, the only thing that can go wrong is the traction battery. Everything else, if it goes wrong, I, I can fix that um, or I can get it fixed with everything can be fixed at a price. Um, but I don't fancy paying for a new battery if it goes wrong. The right. chances are absolutely tiny that it would, um, but for the price of a few hundred pounds, took out a third-party warranty because it's just out of Polestar warranty as well. Mm -hmm. First time I've done that, so I'll probably do, be doing some podcasts or content on, you know, I mean, you, you sell them all the time and yeah. it's peace of mind, isn't it? So. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, Martin missed this out, but I did offer him our, uh, I've got a performance model free, um, which is our pool car. Your and own I, car. And I did offer him our pool car. I don't know how you drive uh, it. I, and he said no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll be honest, I mean, I don't know what you two, I don't know if you two have driven both both the Polestar and the and the Tesla on the, on the same day, but the, the driving style of the Polestar blew me away. I can't believe how well that car drives. It, it in my personal opinion, it's a much better driving car than Tesla. Oh, nice. Have you, have you driven Polestar, uh, Tom? Oh, yeah. I've driven pretty much okay. all of them. Not the Polestar 1. And uh, right. I love them. I I have, I think, said it's basically like a grown-up Model 3. Like, uh, it does everything just slightly better, in my opinion, than the Model 3, other than, you know, some of the performance figures. And um, I really haven't had it on the track to say, you know, Kyle might mm -hmm. be a little bit better to... to, to talk to how performance three versus the Polestar performance would do on a track. But I, I, I just sitting in the environment too, it just feels like a proper car. Um, and, uh, you know, I, and I've owned two model threes and I love the model threes. I just, um, uh, I, I'm a big Polestar two fan. Sweet. Uh, definitely. Definitely think they're great vehicles. It's, it's I, a much more connected car to the road. In my personal opinion, when you're driving it, you just feel, you feel like you're, you're driving the car rather than the cars driving you. Hmm. Interesting. I need to try one out because uh, I don't, I really like dri driving my model three. I have a model three, uh, real drive long range. Um, and I, you know, I just, I do really do like, you know, the steering feel like going around turns, it just turns in really, really well. You know, maybe that's different in the, in the all wheel drive somewhat, but, uh, at least in the rural drive version, you know, it just, it just handles pretty nicely. So I'd like to, I like to, you know, experience the Polestar too myself and just, uh, because I've heard this before, you know, it, it does, it does drive really quite well and it has great road feel. Um, yeah. So one thing we didn't get to talk about when Kyle was here, I just wanted to mention too, that if you haven't seen Kyle's um, uh, Kia EV9 videos, like Cybertruck is a big deal. It's like, you know, uh, the most po polarizing, most, I don't know, uh, hyped vehicle in probably forever. But Kia EV9 just came out and, or, yeah, and Kyle's done a couple of great videos on it, a, a, a total review and then a range test. So if you haven't checked those out, 
I think a lot more people will, I think the EV9 will outsell the Cybertruck. Is that, is that, uh, what do you think? Mm. No? This year? You, you mean long, long say, term or what? Yeah, long, long, long term. Say over by the end of 2025. Yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't no? put money on that. Okay. I'd go the opposite. I think short term, they're going to sell more EV9s. Um, they had a great but December. They, but they can uh, make them. Hyundai and Kia had a great December in the US. Um, yeah. I think that in the short term, they'll sell more EV9s because I don't think they're going to get the Cybertruck out into non-staffers' hands for a while. That's my... Well, but Martin, one thing I will... Uh, sorry to interrupt you. There are a lot of people now getting the email saying you can configure your truck and delivery will be between January and March. Wow. So I, I know personally six or seven people that have got the emails because they always they forward it to me look i'm configuring i'll have it before by march so and those are just regular people so uh um that might not be correct they they might be scaling up faster than we all thought they would interesting hmm. and there's a bunch of other cars coming too in, in that ev9 sort of three row suv there's vf9 is coming which is well fast i don't think that's gonna i would sell the uh kia right now but the hyundai uh seven should be as well and that's is you know very similar to to the ev6 and some people might prefer the styling of that i'm sure it's probably a very similar kind of experience but uh it's a very similar vehicle at least functionally what was interesting well, about the ev9 video um was that the real world highway range of the ev9 was basically epa which yeah is the opposite of what we've just been talking about Cybertruck, which is going right. to be, you know, not a hundred miles less than, than it's rated for. Um, mm -hmm. Hey, by the way, Cybertruck, that's not EPA rated yet, is it? That's Tesla figures. That's right. There's no, yeah. it's not on the okay. EPA site yet, at least. It's, right. we have the yeah. EPA documents, but they don't really give us like the, the real world final result range yeah, number. You have the EPA test to sell a car in the US, right? So you can opt to opt out of it for a period of time or a certain amount of numbers or sales figures or something. You don't have to do it. Yeah, it's up to the EPA. They have all the data there, so it's okay. up to the EPA to, to publish it. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, but back to the Kia EV9, fantastic efficiency, uh, considering it's a brick. Uh, and I think that there was some headwind on that highway range test as well. Um, to do basically EPA, it's amazing. What a vehicle. Stunning. Um, okay, so see this episode. This, is, this episode is a little, little loosey-goosey. Um, so I'm not trying to figure out what we should talk about next, but I think That's so. We right. want to talk about all the cars that are coming, uh, that are getting the tax credit in in whole or in part. But also, Tom, you did have a a Charger uh, review out this week, and I I kind of wanted to get your your thoughts on how that went as well. Uh, I know not everyone's like as geeky as we are about uh, home charger units, but this is uh, I don't know. Tell tell us about this thing, the Altel Maxi Charger Light 50 amp. EV charger. Yeah. So, um, and I put out a video on the tax credits too, which we could talk about also. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I put out last week. Um, I, don't, I thought we talked about the show last week. Did we? Maybe not. Um, the, the Autel sent me their new uh, Maxi Charger light because they have the Maxi Charger Elite, which has like a, a plexiglass screen on the front that is like a faux screen. It doesn't do anything. If you get the commercial version of the Maxi Charger, uh, elite it has um, a functional touchscreen but that's like a thousand dollars very few people have that most people have the one that's just a plastic screen so if you see this one the top of the unit there is just 
the you know plastic case it doesn't have like that faux screen and they call it the maxi charger light it's and it costs like 40 dollars less i think than the, than the elite but they're the same units that's one of the things that i, I don't love about autel they have all these like basically it's the same charger with all the same hardware and all the same options but they have like like six different four different colors they have the elite they have the light they have it with the integrated charge connector with the remote charge uh, connector holster and i've had a lot of my followers reach out to me and they're like there's so many different versions of this i don't know which one what tell me the one i should buy and they're really all the same and it's it's just autel should make it easier and just have like one unit um, one, the way it looks, and maybe offer an optional remote connector, connector holster. That uh, It's basically all the same. When they first launched it, they had, the Elite had some options that the Light didn't, but then I guess to streamline manufacturing, they just put all the options in the Light. So the, the, all the Autel chargers basically have the same ability to power share, uh, you know, to, to, to um, uh, do solar, uh, uh, hook up with your solar system so you can charge do, while you have excess solar and everything. There's no difference anymore. So I did the full review on it. And the, one of the main reasons I did the review, because I've reviewed these units before, was uh, the, when I did my first review, the cable had the worst cold weather performance of any cable I've ever tested. And it was it was unusable. And I basically said, you can't buy this if you're going to mount it outside if you live in a cold weather area, because it's terrible. And I, immediately the CEO of the company called me like the next day and was like, you know, you hit us pretty hard there, but we, we didn't really know that um, cable was so bad. So we're going to source a better cable. They sourced a new cable. They said, as soon as we have it and it's in real production, we'll send you one because they had like six months backlog of inventory of the old cables. So now the new cables are out. And uh, they said, we want to send you one. We want you to uh, re review it. And uh, I reviewed it. I did the, 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 all the testing. And to be honest with you, the, the, the cable, Cola, the cable performance was just marginally better. Um, and I, I'm kind of like saying, like, how, how, how do they do this? How do they, 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 they went out and sourced a new cable and said, Tom, we're going to get you one as soon as we have a new cable. And, uh, and, and then it's a little better. Like there's so many good cables on the market, and I review so many of these products. That's me with this with this one. You can see it's how like stiff it is. Um, I just don't understand why the companies don't source better cables. They're out there. They're readily available. Maybe they cost a couple bucks more per cable. I don't. Know, maybe it's more than a couple bucks. But um, uh, other than the cable, the um, Charger did very well. It scored very high in my charger rater. It, it it ticked all the boxes and it's on my recommended list. It's it's definitely, it might even make my list of top five uh, chargers for 2024. I'm going to be doing that video soon um, because it has tons of features. So uh, Autel, whether you get the light and save a few dollars or the elite and you get that plastic, um, that last screen that you just had up, uh, Dom shows like both of them on the wall right before the charger rater. Um, because yeah. I did a comparison between the uh, see, see that right there? The the charge, the one to my left has that black screen that's it's a fake screen, it doesn't do anything. Uh -huh. Um, and it's just a, a piece of plastic that doesn't function. The commercial version, it's a touch screen, but as I said, that's like a thousand dollars. I don't recommend you buy that, right. Um, so so and and you see, there's a remote connector holster by my left shoulder. You can mm. get them with the integrated connector holster or remote. And uh, it's like it, it, you're, they offer too many options. People get confused. And uh, if I could 
talk to Autel and maybe they listen. Um, I'll actually talk to them out in CES. Uh, I wish they would streamline their products because they make excellent chargers. I recommend if you're looking for a charger, look at the Autels. Uh, but they should do a slightly better cable, and I wish they'd streamline their products. You see on this here, it got 97 points on my charge rate, one of the highest scores ever uh, okay. on the charge rate because it has so many options, and it did so many things so well. Um, but um, it's it's a good unit overall. All right. It did well on the extreme heat tests, I see. That's good. Yeah, past that. Weatherproofing. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it did. It did. It did really well. Uh, it, it's good. This is definitely if you're in the in the market for 50 amp, uh, you know, home charging solution. Uh, Autel should be one of the units that you look for because it's it's definitely um, it's it's it, it, it's definitely a top unit in my opinion. It's built really well um, and uh, it does most things well. It has really good app too, so uh, it's good. Talking about apps, I'm I'm testing now right behind me. The Grizzly has a new Grizzly Smart, okay, and, the, and they made improvements to all of it. The cable's better, the connector's better, the, it has a longer plug, uh, and it has an all-new app. One of the big problems with Grizzly has been that they use third-party apps. They didn't develop their own in-house app, and mm -hmm. they used Charge Lab and Amp Up, and they had deals with them, and the, the whole app integration was terrible. And I had a lot of people posted on my review because I gave it a good review. Like, Tom, the, the charger works great, but the app is horrible. You should have um, explained a little bit more about the app. And I, I didn't – I use it for two weeks while I'm while I'm using it. Everything worked fine, but long-term, the app was losing its connectivity. And then uh, I think ChargeLab didn't update their app, and, and people were unhappy with it. So United Chargers decided they needed to do their own in-house app. So they hired a development team. They built their own app. So now the the new Grizzly Smart has its own dedicated app, which works really well. I'm just I just finished the review. I'm going to be posting it next week. But um, so that's what I've been doing charger wise, the Autel and now the new Grizzly Smart. Right. Well, I was, I was going to say one one thing that's always bothered me about chargers and something I discuss with a lot of the manufacturers that I deal with when reviewing chargers is none of them. None of them have done any integration with um, Bluetooth or, or, or Zigbee or uh, what's the Matty, so you can control it with built into your like a central hub. Um, have you know? Have you know? Have you noticed that they, they seem to all be resisting and being sort of like integrated into a house smart ecosystem? Yeah, I mean, what I see as far as going into the house, it's limited to them having them uh, have Amazon Alexa and Google Home connectivity you know and they're like that, that that's how that's how we're going to integrate it into the smart home uh you know we'll 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 let alexa you know you could say alexa start charging my car or alexa uh how many kilowatt hours has the car taken in on this uh charging session or alexa how long do i need to continue charging uh to reach my limit and and some of the units can do that but that's that nick that's the extent of what i seems that the charging companies are willing to, to do at this point. And I, you know, I might learn more at CES. I'm going to CES next week and there's going to be a lot of, you know, smart home integration talk at CES. Yeah. That's where it all happens. So well, we both use home assistant, don't we? So. Yeah. Yeah. See, see what I'd like to see, and I've discussed it with one manufacturer uh, and they said, we'll, we'll do it first, but we're not ready yet. Um, and I want to see integrated into the Zigbee system. So you could have your charger at the end of your, 
your driveway with no Wi-Fi connection, but it was working on the Zigbee network. I don't know if you know Zigbee sort of daisy chains along every Zigbee device in your house. So you could have it miles away from a Wi-Fi connection and still reach over there. But I want it to know when my battery is discharging. So what I don't want to do is have a full house battery and then plug my car in and then that battery decides to then empty into the car. I want want the charger to say, pause, (laughs) you know, pause the battery. I'm going to charge the car. You don't you don't want to waste your energy. That's a good shout on the app because a lot of chargers. So the the charger that I have at home will integrate with my solar. So I don't. Uh, it's a it's a, a solar edge inverter, um, but it's not their home charger. And so I can put it into kind of solar excess mode if you like. And so the sun comes out and the charge rate in my car will go up and the clouds come over, which is all the time, obviously here. And then. Oh, you went quiet there. I can't hear you. Uh, you're oh, not okay. muted. Oh, I hear you now. Okay. Okay. Um, but what I want from a charger is that integration into um, my home that my inverter. So we are limited on inverters according to our uh, whether you've got permission from your electric company to go more. So most people don't ask for that permission or file the paperwork. So a lot of people in, in this country watching will have a 3.68 kilowatt inverter because you can have that without needing to ask permission to go four, five, six or more. Right. Um, and so I've got a single phase connection at home. And so if I go over 3.68 kilowatts draw, no matter how much in my battery or sunshine or whatever, I'm going to start pulling from the grid, which costs me money. Now, it's a little bit more nuanced because I've got a solar edge battery, which will charge at five kilowatts. And so any excess solar can go into the battery. But anyway, most people can't. So yeah, well, I, what I want from home charge is a lot more integration into smart homes and things like that to know that actually, if, it, if, if I put the kettle on to make a cup of tea, stop the car charging because I've hit my limit. Don't draw from the grid. And then when you've got some excess, start charging again. Not just the solar stuff. So I think there's a, a lot of work to do with the software around EV chargers that, um, you know, the hardware is it's not always brilliant, but the software experience and, and smart home integration is probably a real opportunity that if one of them gets it right and does it brilliantly, they could get a, a bit of a, a um, sort of march on everybody else. Right. I think some of the companies, Martin, are waiting for some sort of standardization on in this so that they know which direction to go in. They don't want to dump a ton of money into building something out. And then like a a year or two later, there's a different standard that now their system is obsolete and it won't integrate with equipment from other companies and, uh, you know, other inverters and uh, other smart panels. I, I I hear a lot of that, that there's all of this is, is going to happen, but we need some kind of direction to know we, we don't want to build out a, 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 you know, have our charger developed that will do this. And then a standard comes out that goes in conflict with, with mm. the, what we've poured all this R and D into. Um, and, and maybe it's a good one for the comment section as well, but Tom, what mm. do you want to see in a good modern app? So what do you, what do you want to be able to do from an app from your sofa um, rather than walking out to the garage and, and pushing buttons on what's an essential app these days for a charger? So what I'm, I'm, I'm a data geek. So I love when the, the chargers have really good data. Um, and uh, you know, a lot of people don't even know how much their EV costs them to run. Uh, They just, you know, you knew, you knew with your gas cars exactly how much you pay because you're paying for it. But with EVs, you know, that, that cost is blended into your home. So, I mean, it's a real simple thing. And a lot of them do this, Martin, but one of the things I love is when you can, 
enter how much you pay for your uh, electricity. And some of them actually, when you put in your zip code, automatically populate local electricity rates. So, um, I mean, when I did, when I loaded up the Grizzlies new smart, it automatically it was, it was correct with my local. I don't know if, if it was just by luck or if they have that built in that it goes by your zip code. So, um, and they give nice monthly total. So every month you can, you can view a report, you can print it. Um, and, and see exactly how much it's costing you for your electric. I mean, that's a simple one, Mark, but that's what I like. Um, and I love to get uh, more uh, integrated as far as um, the time of use with uh, different electricity rates and how you can manipulate and, and even possibly uh, change the charging speed depending on how much you're paying per, kilo, per, per kilowatt hour. Like you, you can, you can, you don't have to necessarily just like let's say your time of use starts at midnight but you've got a big battery ev and it won't fully charge if you start charging at midnight to 6 a.m you could you could set it so that when you come home and plug in at seven o'clock it starts charging at a low rate so you're getting some power in there but then at midnight it jumps up to the full charging rate and you're pouring in that power into the battery pack and and even with the bi-directional chargers now i want them to be able to integrate with your uh, on-site energy store or your, your home and, and be able to do energy arbitrage. And that's all going to be controlled in the vehicle, but also in the app. So I know I rambled a little bit there, but um, th there's a lot that these companies can do. And somebody posted about Wallbox. Wall yeah. Wallbox Pulsar Plus is a smart charger. And Wallbox is working on a lot of future things along the lines of what we're talking about. They're one of the companies that are kind of on the edge really working on smart home integration. But again, when I talk to a lot of these companies, when I talked to Autel's previous CEO, John Thomas, last year, he was just like, there's so much we want to do, but we're waiting for industry standards to be set because we, we're going to pour in a few million dollars into developing this stuff. Then it, it will work. It will be in conflict with what all the other, everybody else's equipment is. So I think yeah. we're being held up by, by industry developing standards for communication with smart homes. It's a good shout from uh, Real EV in the comments as well. Like, why doesn't, why can't we just have the app show us the state of charge on the car all the time? Why do you have to have a, a car as good as a Tesla? Because, you know, most other apps aren't as good as that from most of the OEMs. Yeah. Um, to know how full our car is on the charging app, not having another app for the car. Um, and like, why do I go to a DC fast charge when it'll tell me? Well, yeah. I know the answer to that, but, yeah. but uh, somebody yeah. might think, well, hang on a minute, that charger will tell me when I plug it in that I've got 20% left, but I go at home and it won't tell me that. And so all of that kind of stuff, it would be so good to, to have a, a richer experience with charging. So, so good, yeah. good comments, actually. So, him. so <laughs> some, some of the chargers here in the UK, um, you can put the API login data for your Tesla or whatever car you've got, and it will kind of integrate it into the app. It will know what the car's charging's on. So if it'll know the car's say 20% charge. And if you say you want 80% charge, it will stop the charge at 80% and knows how to ramp up. But I mean, I don't know if Tom agrees with me here, but I mm. think probably in the next two years, we're not going to, AC charges are kind of going to go away. We're going to see more vehicle to grid using CCS or, um, you know, um, North American charging standard over there. And I think we're going to see more vehicle to grid systems where that data is going to be pulled directly from the car's CAN bus straight into the charger. Hmm. Yeah, that, that 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 will be. I don't know how soon, but that's definitely in the future. It's just right now the, with the CCS, I mean, CCS, the J1772 hmm. protocol that we use here in the U.S., 
it, the charger doesn't know the state of charge of the vehicle. It can't get that information. So you uh -huh. can't, you can't use it. You have to use your, the vehicle's native app to, to, to know what your state of charge is. The charger doesn't know it. It can't, it can't get it through the J1772 connector. Right. Hey, are y'all ready to talk about some tax credit cars? This might not take too long, but we don't have a whole lot of time either. So, <laughs> sure. Um, so I made, I made a video this week on my drive electric with Dominic uh, YouTube channel, uh, just throwing out all the EVs that qualify for, let me just pull that up there for the uh, tax credit now, because it's every year that the, the uh, it changes what's, what's a lot, what vehicles, uh, what, what, what do you call the metrics kind of change? You know, it has to be, um, uh, the percentages know. go up of the amount of components that need to be, you know, domestically sourced or in, or uh, the battery components need to be assembled in the U.S. or the, the, the minerals need to be sourced. So that that goes up every year very aggressively. Right. It, mostly it's, I believe, uh, the, the minerals in the battery, actually, and where the it's all about the battery, basically. Now, now especially now. I mean, the first year it was um, well, we got inception happening here. I'm in two places at once. I can't help that. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, everything's changing. So twenty last year we had a bunch of vehicles uh, eligible for, for it, and this year we don't. And so I, I made a video about it, and then Tom, you made a video about it as well. And so, and you got a lot of you got a lot more views on yours, which is fine. But I'm not jealous at all, ever. Um, let me see if I pull this up. The viewers like my haircut better, Dom. That's what, I, that's that what could, that could be. I know. I know. I look like I don't know what I'm talking about. All this, this stuff going on, but <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't have the list actually pulled up here to to show you right off. But I don't know how you want to do this. Do you have a handy there? So I, I don't know a, a list. I don't have it handy that I could share. I have um, okay. in my video. I I had a bunch of different screens. I didn't put them all on one screen. I listed the. The Chevy, I mean, I know what they are pretty much, you know, the, right, right, right. I mean, there's only 14 uh, pure electric vehicles that qualify now. There was 43 EVs that qualified last week for the federal tax credit. Jeez. And now there's 19, 14 of them are, are BEVs. Um, th this is where I talk about Chevy. Only the Bolt and Bolt EUV qualify for GM. That's right. nuts. None of the new Ultium based uh, EVs qualify, at least yet. But what we have heard is that, see, the automakers had until December 18th to submit all their documentation to prove that their vehicles would qualify. Right. What we're, we're hearing that G GM is one of the companies now that's saying, I just didn't get, we didn't get, we, we didn't have time to provide all the information to the, uh, to the IRS yet. So you seen the dog ate your, their homework. What's that? The dog ate their homework. Yeah, something like that. So Jeez. they're saying some of more of our vehicles will qualify. We just, we just, you know, we didn't have enough time to put this stuff together. They signed this damn thing into law. I think it was July of 22. So it's right. a year and a half. They knew this was coming, but they didn't have enough time to provide the IRS with the with the details. So um, right now for Chevy, it's just both EV and EUV. Uh, listen, guys. If you if anybody's interested in EV out there, I see Michael just pro, I'm very interested in getting a, a used Bolt EV. Okay, well if you if anyone's interested in getting an EV, get a Bolt or Bolt EUV before they're gone. Yeah, you qualify for the full seventy five hundred dollars federal tax credit. There's still some of them on lots. It's a great car at a ridiculous price. You're paying mm -hmm. like twenty grand for a brand new car. 
And, and you know, it's it's got good range. Yeah, there's are there nicer EVs out there? Sure. But I love my Bolt. I drive it all the time. And, you know, and I'm, you know, when I walk out in the driveway, I'm very lucky. I, I have a Lightning. I have a Rivian R1S. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, yeah, I'll take the Bolt. And, yeah. and, and it, it's, it's, it's a fun little car to drive. So it's got the good you know, color too, yeah. And it's just such a, a great deal. Got if if you're thinking about getting a car, you get the full tax credit, seventy five hundred. The darn things only cost around thirty grand, even optioned up. And you know, you're you, you, some states have state rebates, like here in New Jersey. I got my bolt for seventeen thousand dollars, all in, a brand Jeez. new car. So like, you know, you, you, you grab one if you can. So anyway, right. the tax credits. The Bolt and Bolt EUV for Ford, it's the just the Lightnings with the standard yeah. range battery and uh, extended range battery. Oh, b- before we move on to that, I should we okay. should say that um, that the GM is actually they're offering a seventy five hundred discount to EVs that don't get the tax credit. You know that, that they make, of course. Uh, so if right, don't don't let them not having you know the official uh, government uh, you know tax credit eligibility sway you stop you from you know looking into the gm vehicles because they're they're offering they're putting that up on the table themselves for now but that's just that's, to say that. that's off their bottom line though yes it is so they're giving you seventy five hundred dollars because now i got taken to task with this last year i made a podcast about supply chains and um uh, it, not only are they fabulously complicated but it turns out that some of the car makers are better than others at knowing exactly where everything is coming from now some of the you know the technology um whether it's you know blockchain technology or whatever but some of the tech out there and some of the car companies want to go right back to the mine and know for various reasons some of it could be to to fight the criticism about you know child labor being involved uh which is the case with with some battery mining but some of the car companies like right we want to make sure we know where exactly everything is coming from from uh, and go right back to the mine which is a new thing for oem that's a that's a new way of operating a new they, they don't do that with their their tier one suppliers uh, or haven't traditionally um they've got they've ordered the bits at the right price they've arrived that day in the factory they get bolted on they go to a customer um and yet some of the other companies Oh, we lost your audio there. Uh, traditionally, my, oh, back now. Um, back. Traditionally gone right back to the mine. And I, and I think that's what they've had to do. Now, the suggestion that GM didn't get their homework in on time astounds me. But it wouldn't surprise me if that they... Oh, you, you, you lost you again. It's not obvious where every single bit of the battery is, is in, uh, is from. Um, because, right. because the answer is China. If it's like, where was this particular mineral processed? The China. China. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, so then you won't qualify. So yeah, right. super interesting suggestion about why there aren't more vehicles added to the list and why it's costing the money now to sell any of the Altium vehicles, which as Tom says, you, you do still get some money off of those. They're making it up themselves. So Tom, I guess the Ford F-150 Lightning, this is on from your video. Uh, I guess that makes the list. Yeah, for both extended range. If you get an extended range one and you really don't option it out, you can get it for right under... 80,000. Like I think my, well, I have the uh, Lariat with extended range. It's, I think the uh, base MSRP now is like, like 78,000. So you can get one um, and still get the federal tax credit. Of course, if you get it with the standard range battery, then you could pretty much load it up with tons of options and still, and still uh, get it, you know, uh, get the full credit. And then the Rivian Bevs you pulled up on the, on the screen there now, Um, uh, the the R1S dual uh, large pack and quad large pack, the R1T, the dual large pack, dual max pack, and the quad large, uh, the quad motor 
large pack. They all qualify. The only thing is, it's interesting, they're on the list, but I don't know if the MSRPs for them are actually under 80000 For a couple of them, they are, right, but not for right. all of them. So that's it, was... it... Sorry. Well, no, so it, it was weird to me. I know a few of them are are under the 80000 but I don't know about, I don't know if you can get all, all, all of them. Right, so. like so, I, I I ended up putting them all on my list as well. But then somebody yeah. commented to me after that the yeah. you know the R one T quad motor is is more than eighty thousand dollars. Which you know I was trying to find the actual freaking base price on Rivian's site. And, yeah, Rivian's website's difficult. Uh, to get so and even the, the max pack, the dual max pack is more, isn't it? The dual motor uh, max pack R one T. It could be. I mean, yeah. I looked around. The, I just got so frustrated. I, I just. In, in any I event, you only get yeah. half the tax credit for the Rivian vehicles, thirty-seven fifty. It's not right. they they so uh, I would imagine that's the the component part of it, not the mineral part. They probably don't get the mineral part, uh, right? Because the packs, the mod, the, the the modules and packs are built in the U.S. I'm pretty sure, so that's why they get that amount. And then right. there's Tesla. So it's only four manufacturers that currently qualify: Chevy, Ford, Rivian, and Tesla. That's it. Um, that companies that have that have uh, electric vehicles that qualify and Tesla was weird too because like none of the Model S is qualified and right. only the Model Three Performance qualifies. No, none of the other Model Three versions uh, qualify. So, um, which makes it cheaper than buying a long range. Yeah, you can get a Model Three Performance. Oh, yeah. For less than a, than a long range now, so of course I, I would imagine you're going to see it, some sort of price adjustment on Tesla's end soon to make sure that isn't the case. I would think, but um, they are they're always moving things around to 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 make it work. But Tom, um, Tom have you got um, Mark's comment there about the Highland? Uh, Mark Norman reckons that Highland, which we know is in production now at Fremont, uh, um, right, right, because those drone videos that fly over the top have shown that there's they're at least in production. Mm -hmm. um, Mark is suggesting that, that that will bring back, you know, they'll meet all the requirements with that. So um, sounds feasible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm curious to see what's going on with, with Highland in Fremont. I heard there was rumors that they're, they're testing it on the sly out there in California. Um, oh, I've seen, I've seen the, the, the spy shots online. There's, there's a few of them flying around, I think, now on, on public roads. Right, right. But I just don't know if they're, if they're building them in, in, in Fremont or if they're switching over. The, I'm not, just not sure what the what the situation is there at the at the very moment hmm. uh yeah but yeah. if you want a model three the, the performance is the one that gets the 7500 dollars off right now so it's, it's kind of the move if you can deal with like the slightly shorter range than the long range but it's not that big a difference and you know yeah. model three performance and, is pretty fun and what's going to happen we, we assume that as the year goes on cars are going to get added to this yes um, Cars will qualify. So what I'm going to try to do is keep updating this video and publishing a new video with the latest information. So if you do happen to go to State of Charge and you look at the video, um, do a tax, a tax credit search and, and make sure you're reviewing the, the most up-to-date uh, video on this because I would imagine this is I'm going to be up, updating this. And then uh, Mark, uh, Dom just pulled up five plug-in hybrids qualify. The Chrysler Pacifica P PHEV, for 7500 the full tax credit because it has a large battery it's got the uh over i think 16 17 kilowatt hour battery packs a big battery the ford escape uh escape uh, uh, plug-in hybrid the jeep grand cherokee 4xe uh the jeep wrangler 4xe and the lincoln 
Corsair, Grand Touring. They all right. get uh, 3500 3750 and, I mean. And interesting to, to think about, and again, maybe it's a good one for the comments, like what do people think is the best way to incentivize new EVs being bought? Because that leads on to the next thing, guys, is that it's not... Am I saying... Because I'm calling it the EV tax credit. Am I even using the right language now from the 1st of January? Am I, am I meant to call it yes. like the, the dealer contribution or something like because it's but it's changed so it's now you walk into your dealer or you do it online as a direct sale and you don't handle it now so how does that actually work in in practice so it's still it's still sorry dom it's still a, a tax credit but right. that the, what you do is as an individual you assign your tax credit to the dealership and you have so to do it at the time of purchase at the time of purchase there's some paperwork that needs to be filled out and then you get a document which you give to your um, account at the end of the year. And the, here's the interesting thing. Um, so in the past, you had to have a certain amount of tax liability in order to qualify for the tax credit. Because if you didn't uh, pay 7500 in tax, you couldn't get 7500 in tax credit. And you just lost the difference. Like if you didn't make a lot of money one year and you only had $5,000 in tax liability, Martin, you could only get $5,000 of the tax credit. And it didn't transfer to future years. In kind of a, a stunning uh, announcement, back in October, the IRS said, we're dropping that. Um, you, yeah, no, we you, saw there, that coming. Yeah, yeah, we knew that was coming. Yeah, uh, I didn't know it was coming. Oh, okay. I, did, I, did, I didn't know it was coming. I was surprised when they said, oh. okay, the, the way this works is you don't have to make any money and you yeah. can get the tax credit. It's a ref now it's, it turned into a refundable tax credit. But the first year it wasn't, which was why I didn't couldn't get the bolt. If I could have been able to have... If it was a refundable tax credit last year, I, I would have bought that bolt instead of the Model Three, but then I couldn't. You know, I didn't uh, have a big enough liability, so it didn't make any sense. Uh, right. So, but yeah, but this are, year it doesn't matter what you made or what you owe. Well, the you get the money back. Well, it does. No, it does matter. You can make too much, Dom. Oh, right. You can't make yeah. too little. Yeah, yeah. You still, make, there's still a ceiling. Yeah, you can. It, right. Yeah, there's the the ceiling for the filing jointly is three hundred thousand. I have a, I have a graphic on it. File jointly is three hundred thousand. Um, individuals, I think it's 150, and head of households, 225. And the interesting thing is, if you're uh, you're allowed to get two tax credits per year. Okay. And if you if your filing status has changed from one year to the next, because it goes, it's based on your last year's filing status. So let's say last year you were, uh, you know, uh, single. married. Uh, uh, no, you're single. And so, and this year you got lucky and you married somebody who makes a ton of money. And now you're not uh, qualified because during this tax year, your filing status has changed. Mm -hmm. You can revert back to your previous year's tax filing status just to get the tax credit. Even though you're filing jointly and you made $10 million, you know, you were single last year before you hit the jackpot. So you can you you can you can qualify for it this year. It's 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 very complex. So I, I'm, right. I think I'm actually going to make another follow up video that just explains all this little minutia because I didn't put that in the first video. Right. And yeah, there's a lot of people asking questions in my video, like you know about tax status and stuff. So I got to do some research, and I think I'm going to put out another video. Right on. All right. So but so we looked at in that little bit of time. So it's two Chevys that they don't make anymore that are, that are going to be flying off the lots for the couple next couple of months. Uh, there's Ford F-150 Lightning. That's got the, then there's, then and there's the Rivians. 
that aren't that are eighty thousand or below, um, and that's it, right? For the, all the EVs, pure EVs. Yeah, and the Teslas that we mentioned. Oh, right, so and the Tesla. And the th Tesla. There's fourteen pure EVs on the list now. You could okay. almost take the two off because the bolt and bolt EUV. Right. They're done production. They're going to be they're they're going to be gone off lots in a month or so. So, twelve all electric cars qualify for the federal tax credit. Now, here's the big uh, qualification on that. They all qualify if you lease it. Ah, thank you for mentioning that. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> it's like, you know. But then you're stuck leasing it. And I don't know. Yes, yeah, right. exactly. It's not, it doesn't work for a lot of people because there are mileage limits. Um, yeah. And there's sometimes well, they, they insist on like a $3,000, $4,000 yeah. down. And people might not have that sitting around to, you know, throw out a car. You lease it with the uh, with the full intention of purchasing it when the three year lease is up before you lease whatever you do, Dom. You you, you factor that all in and yeah. you just you know you negotiate the buyout now and you have it done and and that's it. You you, you lease it and just buy it. Just right. curious, if, if GM are discounting the cars at the moment, the ones that don't qualify by the same amount, when they finally do qualify, do you think they'll also then discount the cars again? Because if they've no, got the margin in them now. Why would no. they have the margin in them then? They'll drop that. Yeah, yeah, what, they'll definitely. Yeah, they'll take that if, money back as soon as they possibly can. As soon as they can qualify. <laughs> They're only doing it to give you a faux tax credit, to make to have their vehicles on a level playing field, I guess. Yeah, they need to be to be competitive because, I mean, the tax credit, this legislation was just um, just badly done. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do for, for us. I mean, it does things on the, on the commercial side as far as like mineral sourcing and getting, getting you know, pr production and processing going in the United States. Yeah. Uh, it does that part pretty well. I think there's a lot of money being invested in, in, in that rate in the States now, but it doesn't give the consumers, especially, you know, uh, lower middle class consumers who need the, who need this kind of help to you know to go electric, it doesn't help them. It's just that, the same thing happened over here. Don, what was it? What did ours used to be called? We don't have anything now, by the way. It's all gone. So I, th I think when okay. it first came, it was seven and a half grand. Then it went to five grand, and, and it was then, the PICG, the plug-in car plug grant. Plug-in car grant, yeah. yeah. And it was pure uh, electrics only, and it was giving off all new cars. Um, there was no other restrictions. It, it was just applied to all new cars. And electric vans. In fact, I think there's still uh, some probably know. I think there's still one for electric vans over here. Okay, so that was Leafs, Zoe's, and Tesla Model S's. And so what happened over here was obviously the price of a Leaf and a Zoe was inflated by seven and a half grand because, um, well, why wouldn't you? Uh, which they, they, they it wasn't price parity with a small family car. And then people who were earning good money or people that did the Tesla stretch and got got a Tesla were getting money off the car and that wasn't an ideal solution either and that got reduced and reduced i bought one of my zoe's i think with when it was like three and a half grand off or something like that Ooh. and i said at the time i don't need it i'll take it every day of the week but mm -hmm. if, if you if, if three and a half grand was the difference between buying the car and not buying the car drive a diesel car for half the price and live within your means and save up and 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 say man one day like my dream like, there's lots of things I'd like to do. Like I mentioned, earlier, I'd like a heat pump at home. I'd like a second battery, like more solar. Um, and so I didn't need it, but I took it. And so over here, a lot of people got it when they didn't. It becomes a moral argument, I know. And I'll go, I'll stand on that side of it. I will say they didn't. They, they would have bought that Tesla with seven and a half grand off or not. But if it's on offer, everyone's, no one's ever going to turn it down and go, hey, UK government, stick it in your Christmas pot. 
and have a right. have a beer on me. No one ever says that. So I don't know. And again, maybe it's one for the comments. I'd I'd love to know people. I'd love to get people's thoughts and pick people's brains. Like what what is the best incentive? Starting from I guess one extreme of you shouldn't interfere with markets and let let the market decide. That's one way of doing it. Um, pros and cons to that. But if you want to promote a new technology that is ultimately beneficial because you know you're getting yourself off of in theory Chinese technology. That's the that's the whole Biden plan. Um, but getting yourself off foreign technology, being able to generate your own power, you know, on your roof, you are decoupling from the oil industry, all, all that kind of stuff. If you want to move people to that, what, what is the best way to do it? Ultimately, I don't, I've never heard of a perfect solution to like, what's, what is the solution to help people get into that new technology? I, I, I think the new solution is what they've done over, over in the UK. So I don't know if you know, but the ZEV mandate just started this year. That's good. And that sets a minimum target of what manufacturers have to sell electric, pure electric, no plug-in. Okay. Um, and it's 25% of every car they sell has to be electric, 25%. Otherwise, they pay 15 grand fine per car over. I thought it was 18. Or was it 18 grand? So, yeah, it's, it's sort of their fleet of sales. So, you know, so if you are Range Rover, you're screwed. Um, if you're Tesla, it's great because you can sell those credits. Like they've done in California, done in Europe over the years. Um, that system's in place as well. That's just a good shout, actually. The Zev mandate is brilliant. It started at the beginning of this year. And we've already seen several manufacturers drop the price of their cars because they already know they're going to struggle to meet the targets for the end of the year. So if you sell right. a ton of diesel cars in your fleet and then you sell you know, a few EVs, what's better? Is it to pay an £18,000 fine to the government for, for not selling enough, to not getting to your... Because it, it ramps as well, Tom, like your one, you know, you're saying the battery ramps, our one ramps all over the years. Um, or, you know, you lose 18 grand on a fine or take 15 grand off that vehicle because, you, you know, you make more money that way. Um, and... You know, you look at all the. I don't get the industry data, but you get all the industry figures on what the car makers have sold model by model. There, there are some manufacturers, uh, some manufacturers that will seriously struggle to hit targets, um, and I think the the UK is going to see some really, really cheap cars. Really in cheap. November. In November, when because <laughs> yeah, car companies don't look at twelve months. OEM right. look at the last two months just before quarter by gonna, quarter. Yeah, they go, oh, oh, we're going to miss this target by. 8,000 cars, we better sell some motors really mm. fast. And they'll discount. That's a good so, that is quite a good uh, making the car companies responsible for it rather than giving out. I've seen it in the comments already that you know, there's no such thing as free money. I'm not getting, not getting into that debate, but I, I know, right, I know right. what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, how we did it over here, we have like a, like a, I guess basically a gas, like emissions or whatever. You have to reduce your whole, your whole fleet, but it's, it excluded like pickup trucks and, and larger vehicles and things like that. But it did, you know, as, and so if you made, it didn't make it have enough of that, your, if your fleet average was too high, then you have to uh, buy credits or, or sell, you have to buy credits and that money would go to manufacturers who were producing electric vehicles, which is, uh, which benefited Tesla greatly over the years. You know, they made millions and millions of dollars from these tax credits. And it was just how we've done it over here compared to how y'all have done it in the UK. Mm. Yeah. Um, but we're coming up to the end of, we're on the pretty much at our time. Anything you want to add there, Tom? So only the last thing I'll add is I made a mistake in the video Oh. And I said the bipartisan uh, infra, uh, the, no, the bipartisan uh, you know, Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, and yeah. 
I confused it with the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which was oh. going on at the same time. You know, if you remember that the, 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 it was it was going on at the same time. And and I didn't really do any research. And I just was like on this because in my mind, it was by like a few uh, Republicans also. Agreed, but that's not the case. It was down party lines. So I can't tell you how many comments are on that video. Uh, uh, like, forget about the whole everything, all the information in the video. Just that one comment I made that it was bipartisan. <laughs> it just triggers people like oh, yeah, you yeah. get so triggered with this political polarization and, mm. you know, tribalism that we have. It's so unfortunate, you know. So, uh, yeah, I know if you do watch the video, you don't have to post in the comments. Tom, that wasn't uh, bipartisan. I, I, I know it wasn't. And, the, and uh, you know, I, I don't I don't delete comments unless they're really nasty and mean. But on this video, I was thinking about deleting them because there's so many comments that say just say that was not bipartisan. You have, a, you know, Biden shoved this down our throats and, you know. <laughs> It's, it's, almost, so, it's almost like people pick on you when you when you make small incorrect things like when they you can't call wait F one fifty a small car. But it was, <laughs> but it, but it was catch you. Yeah. As soon as they catch you on one word yeah. that you say wrong, yeah, it's, it's like ah, yeah. <laughs> jump on. You. But you know, in in practical terms, it was bipartisan because you know Joe Manchin had his hands in that, and he's a Republican, yeah. right? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> that was a joke. He, he's not. Uh, but like at least party wise. Uh, he's not. Um, but anyway, I, I must say, I, I think we keep politics out of this podcast pretty well, by the way, because I saw some stuff on, um, uh, I don't know what it is, but the threads algorithm, because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm trying to wean myself off of X and onto threads a bit more, at least 50 50. Okay. And the threads algorithm is feeding me all the Democrat stuff at the minute. Oh, is um, it? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of Democrats on a thread. So I don't know what it knows about me, but it's, and so um, a lot of people are posting the Joe Biden stickers that people put on gas pumps when the prices were really high. There's right, like right, a right. sticker um, of him pointing and people cut the, cut the sticker out and, it, and the, the caption says, I did that. Um, yeah. And I noticed today the, like the average US gas price fell below $3 today. And like people are now putting the Joe Biden sticker on going, I did that. Like I lowered the gas prices and, and that you see, like that's in that's in ice world, not in EV world, and it's it's tribal there. And I'm like, oh man, if we could take all of that out of EV world, I'd be happy. But we don't do it too much on this podcast. We keep it pretty neutral, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how how I don't know how y'all vote uh, personally. I'm I've always said publicly that I'm an independent. I don't, uh, you know, I disagree with some Democrat things. I disagree with a lot. I'm more left leaning. That's just the way I am. But anyway, we won't get into the into that stuff. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, th I think we should probably call it an episode. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, leave them below. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, we're on all the social media platforms. The one of your choice, you can find us, ping us, and we'll get back to you. Uh, if you like the show, please give us a thumbs up. Hit that bell icon for notifications because we might have a couple episodes in the midweek coming up too. And of course, we also have our weekly battery bargain show that you don't want to miss. Uh, check that out. If you're looking for a new car or a used car, uh, we can give you some uh, our opinions of what you might want to want to drive if you uh, send us an email. Um, yeah. So is that about it? Yes. Click, click subscribe. <laughs> Tap that bell icon for notifications. Thank you all very much for joining us. Thank you, uh, truly though. Thank you very much for joining us. We've had a ton of viewers today, and it's been that's so good to see. And we really really appreciate you spending your time with us, and and even Martin. I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. Thanks for coming. Thanks yeah, for coming. Thanks, I'm glad, I'm glad <laughs> and, to make it. Hey, and thanks, thanks for, for being with us.
yeah, yeah thanks for being, joining us Nick. maybe you should, we should have you on sometime and give you here uh, your opinions on some cars so you you know you know a lot of evs over there too right yeah yeah i i, I sell ev i mean yeah i've been a i've been a, i've been in the car trade all my life my dad's my dad's been in the car trade since he was 15 uh, and he's you know he's he's almost 70 now so is this your showroom then yeah yeah this is this is our showroom so oh um, well, what's we that behind you just can i ask uh, it's the, uh, this showroom's currently full of ice because my dad just took all the EVs outside. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, but we, we, I've got Zoe's in. Um, I've uh, got Tesla Model Three Performance. Um, I had a Polestar. <laughs> yes, but I've, uh, I've taken it off his hands. Over to that. Um, but I, I, I first bought a Zoe because I used to watch Nick's videos because Nick got into sort of I think YouTubing really with the Zoe. Was your first one? Probably? Yeah, 2015. Um, I used to watch his Zoe videos and then I bought two Zoes uh, after watching like Nick would make like tips and tricks videos that we all are like take for granted these days. But YouTube wasn't like that eight years or eight years ago. So um, uh, uh, yeah, you've sold a few Zoes over the years. I've probably yeah, I've sold a lot of Zoes. I've got electric. I've got big electric vans in at the moment. So yeah, it's. But I also do a lot what Tom does. Um, you know, what I think what me and Tom do about... Oh, your volume went off. Yeah, your volume went off. Oh. Uh, I think something that me and Tom do is one thing that people always do is they always recommend the product they've got. And I think taking away a charger, taking a, giving a charger review is something that's going to be on your wall in your house for five, ten you know, mm. plus years. Wow. And a lot of people don't spend a lot of time considering it. I think, I think it's a really important work to talk about, stuff like that. Yeah. Right on. All right. So uh, I guess we'll let, let y'all go and have a great week. And we'll actually we'll see you then before then. We'll we'll see you sometime by, by Tuesday at least with battery bargains. And maybe uh, we'll see. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know whatever we're saying anymore. Tom, why don't you tell Goodbye. us? Thank you. All right. Bye. So we'll hit this thing here. Make it all official. Boom.